This is Women Road Warriors with Shelley Johnson and Kathy Takaro. If you drive long haul, short haul, or heavy haul, they're here to empower and inspire women in the trades on TNCRadio.live. So gear down, sit back, and enjoy. Welcome to Women Road Warriors with Shelley Johnson and Kathy DeCaro. We're a show that works to inspire and empower women in trucking and the trades and every profession. We tackle all kinds of topics and work to encourage women to be their very best with informative guests and women who've been champions. I'm Shelley and I'm Kathy. No topic is not allowed on our rig. We tackle the tough topics along with the not so tough topics. And we like to feature experts and celebrities who can assist women in being the very best they can be. Empowerment and success comes from what we learn. That's why school is so important. Many people want to go to college, but are put off by the difficult process of getting accepted, along with the price of tuition. Getting into college can be scary and expensive to many people. Brian South instructs and inspires students of all ages to reach their full potential. He coaches and mentors for things like college entrance essays, admission interviews, and college research. He's a wealth of information for parents, teens, and students of all ages. He's the author of Demystifying College Admission, Learn Key Strategies, and Develop the Right Mindset to Get into the College of Your Choice. Brian works to align a student's mission and help them navigate the step-by-step process to get into their dream school, and he helps students with all kinds of challenges. Welcome, Brian. Thank you for being on the show with us today and helping us solve the mystery of college acceptance and uh, any of the mysteries with college. Um, yes, thank you for inviting me. I'm, um, I'm very uh, happy to be on the show and to share whatever I can to help those who want to further their education. Hey, welcome, Brian. I, I, we've been friends for six years and I've been wanting to get you on the show for a while. And it's a real honor. You are a wealth of information and how you inspire so many people around the world. It, it never ceases to amaze me, the stories that you, that you share. And I'm so pleased to have you here today. Thank you. This is awesome. So, Brian, tell us about yourself. What exactly do you do? It sounds like you do all kinds of things. Well, um, I, I, I will try to give you the uh, Reader's Digest version of this. I mean, it's, uh, you know, uh, but, for, but uh, for approximately over 15 years, I've coached, I've mentored, I've advocated students of, of, of every background, every race, every persuasion. I've worked, uh, my youngest client was three years old because the family from North India was so concerned that he might fall behind in preparing for college. So, uh, and my oldest was, uh, was 52. Um, I've worked with students and I've worked in the, in, in the public school settings. I've gone into people's homes. I've coached them over zoom. I've, uh, I've, I've tutored them in single subjects, multiple subjects, I've coached them in writing their essays to get into college or their, their or their research papers. Um, I've advocated for parents uh, to ensure that their special needs children received uh, the appropriate services that they can because um, some of them, they, they felt intimidated by the process or by the schools. Um, I wasn't, so I... I often would write the letters on behalf of the parents and they would endorse them and, or I'd go with them to the meetings to support them and in, in what to say 
you know, to the to these administrators to try to ensure that they're that they get the support they need and that they deserve. Um, I uh, my philosophy in education isn't just merely to teach them the skills, but to teach, but but to uh, to get to build their confidence, their their purpose, their values, and school is just a vehicle. I mean, some people. Um, uh, college may be the appropriate um, vehicle to take uh, to prepare them for their career, for their life's purpose. For others, they may want to go directly into a vocational program. And so when I work with them, I assist them in and direct and formulating their path that is most appropriate, most suitable for them. I would say that's just amazing. You cover all of the different bases. What would you say are the biggest barriers to entry to college? Well, that's a great question. And, and short and skinny of it, as I think the great, uh, believe it or not, the great barrier is mindset. It's I not was going to say for- that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I was, was yeah. going to say that. That well, and low self-esteem, right? You don't believe in yourself. Right. In fact, well, I, in fact, I had a student, um, and I, uh, <laughs> I had the opportunity because I, I, I recorded some of our conversations when we started and the student was shocked because the student couldn't, didn't even recognize um, themselves uh, because uh, the, the tone was originally meek and, and very um, uh, reserved. And the person, after working with me for so many years, was confident and and, and joyful and assertive. Um, uh, if I were to tell the student, for example, flashback six years ago, uh, who was uh, never went to college, say, do you know, one day you're going to stand up to a professor that is a highly accomplished, a published author, and very well regarded uh, and in in Washington D.C., you're going to stand up to this person. You're going to say that that you should have gotten a higher grade, and you're going to rally the support of the student senate committee to ensure that you get that. That uh, that person would have ran out of the room because that person was scared to death to even walk onto a, ca- a campus. And I would dr- I would drive like 120 miles um, a day, like four or five days a week, for almost a year to convince that person to go to school before they finally did it. And they did. And, th- and that's what happened. So, that's amazing. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So going along with mindset, first of all, sure, tuition is higher. Yes, there are more there. It is more competition. But then if you really think about it, was life ever easy for any of us at any time? Maybe the degree of hardship has changed. But there's always uh, I mean, it it was never easy for me. Uh, you know, even in the, even in the, you know, even in the times when America was supposedly economically at its best. So what's the difference? But if you have a resilient mindset, if you have the right focus, if you have the right girls, if you're passionate about what you want to do, there's nothing that's going to stop you because mm-hmm. no matter how high the tuition is, you're going to find the people who will fund you. You'll find the resources to get there. You'll learn the skills to, to write the most persuasive essays that will uh, encourage some supporters to empty their pocketbooks for you. It, it, it happens. It's happened. I've seen it happen. 
uh, it doesn't matter what the tuition is. Now, that is a barrier because um, in 1968, the tuition to go to UC Berkeley, my alma mater, was only $300. Um, and today, it's almost $30,000. And when I went there, it was only 13000 But, you know, uh, so just think, the people spend more on their books than what a whole four-year uh, university education uh, w- would be in nineteen in the nineteen sixties. So yes, it is high, and it is mm-hmm. and it is a barrier. And That's there's true. a lot of pushback on that. But um, I have mm-hmm. read there are ways around that. Um, a mm-hmm. lot of colleges have scholarships available, right. and. There are people uh-huh. who would say, well, gee, I can't qualify for that academically. I've never been that great, blah, blah, blah. Well, and, and here's the interesting thing I'll tell them. So how can you be sure beyond a shadow of doubt, would you swear in court, uh, you know, under uh, uh, that, that, that there is no way that you could possibly qualify? And they'll typically say, well, no, then. And how can you be sure you won't get it? If you're going to be sure about something that you're not sure about, why not? Why not be sure that you're going to get it? Mm-hmm. So, um, and and as proof of that, I had a student who said uh, came in and was very unsure, and said, "I'm not worthy of this. I can't get this." But then, when I showed the student how to write the essays to get those scholarships, and at a community college, got oh over $14,000 in scholarship wow. money. Hey, and now I'm worthy. Hey, I'm worthy. In fact, you know, when are they coming? You know, now all of a sudden they start feeling worthy because now we're getting some tangible results here. Sure. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. It, it reminds me of uh, when I, I give this uh, particular workshop and I, I call it flip the switch <laughs> in your mind. <laughs> It's uh-huh. it's all on how you you look at things. If mm-hmm. you're gonna, um, if you you have a tendency to the negative side, like most people do, uh-huh. sure, you learn to consciously flip that switch in your mind, like rewire the pathways, and uh-huh. kind of do the opposite of what you would normally do. And it actually, it really, really works. So when you come, when you're, you're coming a, a upon a, um, a difficult situation, your automatic reaction would be either to back away or, or, or just, you know, stop. Well, maybe push your, you flip that switch in your mind and, and you, you take that step and you do something different than you would normally do. And mm. that's exactly what you're talking about. And it, it well. really really is also part of believing in the person you want to become and who, what you want for your life. Well, I'll show you, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you something that you may find very intriguing too, that, that funding and qualifying for the college, believe it or not, has nothing to do with money. And here's why. Um, like I said, I've worked with students from every background. I've, I've had students that, that, that I worked with uh, where I went into the home and they barely resembled a living place. I mean, it was like the building was practically falling apart. I've also worked with students that were in gated communities and have an office space larger than my whole apartment for themselves. And and they all have the and and they all because as you were saying, Kathy, and this is so true, 
it's it's not about resources. It's our human nature to to draw toward the negative. Um, mm-hmm. And there is actually a book called Outsmart Your Instincts, where the author says that we're naturally inclined to be negative because our because that that's over evolutionary period. That's what kept us uh, alive. Like if we saw uh, if we were out in the in, out in the wilderness and we see some rustling in the bushes it would be more it would be more beneficial for the survival of the species to assume that either a saber-toothed tiger is rustling in those bushes or or a cobra than it would be that it's just merely the wind see so we it, it's kept us alive but the problem is that if we're not aware that we tend to think that way then we tend to pass by opportunities that we could get because we just believe we don't get them uh, now, an example of why I'm saying the money has nothing to do with it, because I was working with a client and I'm helping the student. The student wants to become a biomedical engineer. And so I was helping the student write essays to get into Stanford, to UT Austin, uh, to Georgia Tech, some of the top name brand colleges that uh, would be most appropriate for that major. And the student says, well, I can't write about education like that. And I go, well, why? Because I said, they want to know what is your view on education? What does higher education mean to you? And what would a higher education mean at this university? She says, well, I can't write about that. And I go, well, why not? She says, well, I'm privileged. My, 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 I never really had to think about that because my parents paid for everything. And I said, okay. I'm hearing what you're saying. You're you're believing that you are privileged, so that's why you can't do it. But did did but how is your motivation related to privilege? Now I know people that this, no matter how many uh, material resources their parents give them, they they may choose not to study or use their time wisely. They may buy drugs with that money, you know, or you know go joyriding and crash their car into a building, you know. That's actually a true story where a student that, you know, a friend of mine who had a student, the father just paid for the whole damn, but boom, wrote one check, it's over. So, you know, this student chose to get over a 4.0 GPA and took very difficult physics, chemistry, and mathematical courses. The parents couldn't make, I I explained to that student that parents didn't make you study. And even though you're saying you're doing that, you know, because your parents are paying for you, but you wouldn't continue year after year unless there was a higher purpose deep buried in your subconscious. Maybe it's like an item of clothing that's buried in your drawer and you just need to dig it out, but it's there. What is it? And then finally, the student told me yeah, that I actually want to serve society. Uh, I, I want to study biomedical engineer because I want to ensure because a lot of people around the world are suffering and they don't have adequate resources and this technology will sort of equalize the playing field and provide and and, and ensure that everyone gets help um, and and the proper medical care and um, sanitation stay tuned for more of women road warriors coming up Industry movement Trucking Moves America Forward is telling the story of the industry. Our safety champions, the women of trucking, independent contractors, the next generation of truckers, and more. Help us promote the best of our industry. Share your story and what you love about trucking. Share images of a moment you're proud of. 
and join us on social media. Learn more at truckingmovesamerica.com. Welcome back to Women Road Warriors with Shelley Johnson and Kathy Takaro. So you're able to get people to really focus and look inward to figure out what mm-hmm. they truly want, which so many times when students go into college, especially uh-huh. when they're younger, they kind of flounder. They don't really know what they want to do. That's, right. that's, uh, that's right. where I think the term professional college student comes from, <laughs> uh-huh. uh, where people just keep going and going and going and they keep changing their major. They don't know what they want to do. So you were able to really get this student to find the reason. Exactly. And that's the reason why I would say by 80 or 90 percent of everybody I work with, and that's probably a modest figure because it's probably higher. They all get into the top name brands colleges they want because I show them, I guide them, I assist them into pulling out that their purpose. They have a purpose, Mm -hmm. but they just don't know they have it. They have all the resources they need to get whatever they want, but they just don't know it because they don't believe it or they weren't shown that and they're not taught these things in school. In fact, uh, fact, what's um, very interesting is that there are some students I work with that are very bright. Their grade grade point average is off the chart. They're captain of their soccer ball team or their cello team or their basketball team or the, the, uh, the rowing team. Um, they've actually, I, I had one that even single-handedly funded a hospital in Tbilisi, Georgia with money that he personally raised at a medical club that he established at his high school. And yet, in spite of all those talents and abilities, could not articulate his purpose for why he's going into college. And so, um, because that was, and, and when I was showing him, how to do that, it was mystifying because the type of writing he's typically accustomed to is, mm-hmm. is uh, analyzing, let's say, like Shakespeare or, or, or a term paper in a, in a science report about the, about the atom, or mm-hmm. they don't, they, they have never taken a, uh, they have never taken a course on themselves, on who they are. And I feel that should be just as mandatory for them to have um, a, uh, you know a course to explore who they are and why why they're alive. What's their purpose? What do they want to do with what they have? And um, and that's and that's and so I teach them that when they're writing these papers, don't think of it as they're writing an essay. Think of it that you're having a relationship with the people that are considering your admission, and you're talking to them and. But instead of looking at them in the eye or face to face, you're just conversing on paper. And when they do that, magic happens. Boy, I'm going to use that for uh, get my movie made. There you go. Yeah, <laughs> I, I need funding. <laughs> yeah, Thanks, I would Brian. imagine you, you could use that um, philosophy for most anything. Really, it, it makes total sense. Yeah, exactly. And that's what I teach them how to do it. And um, like and, and there is another there's another um, young lady I work with who um, she came from Afghanistan and it was her dream to become a, a medical doctor, not only because that's her own personal mission, but she wants to set an example for her community because 
um, edu- you know, women are prohibited in her country from higher education. Right. And, and so, um, so um, Stanford University has what's called, you know, the, uh, the infamous roommate essay, where they have to write an essay to a fictional roommate, someone they've never met. And almost all of them get stumped by that. And, and I explained to them, all you're doing is just having a conversation. And ju- as if you were writing a, a regular formal essay, it's just that the tone is more interactive. That's all. You're, you're exchanging. You're, and that's something they just don't know how to do. They're not schooled on how to interact in the real world with real people. Mm-hmm. And, and they're not taught persuasive skills, how to ask for what they want and get it. They're not taught to believe in themselves and feel confident about the choices they make. And they don't know how, uh, or they're, they're not, they just don't know how to um, pinpoint their purpose, their vision, their mission, and how they want to show up in the world, where they want to do it, or and visualize these things. It's just not taught to them. I think if the bottom line is just uh, for um, those that are even questioning themselves uh, if they can get mm-hmm. into college or not, is just mm-hmm. learning to change the story you're telling yourself. Exactly. You know, right. To, right. to yes, I can. I do qualify, and it, it's, mm-hmm. it's it's self talk, and it's also knowing that every next level of your life, it, like this, is a whole new level uh, going into college. It's just going to require a different version of who you are and how oh, you uh, expand yourself. Right. Well, so. you, you were so right on the money, uh, Kathy. In fact, this happened last night. I was working with a student last night. And um, this this student wants to become a doctor and was writing to a name brand university and 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 was using uh, wishy washy language in and expressing her interest. Well, if I'm if I go to the school, what do you mean if you want to go there? Right. Say, I will. I belong there. And I said, the attitude you got to have is that they got to be an idiot to turn you down because you're a top student. You're good. You're you studied. You know the material, you know, you, you know, and, and what they also need to understand is that in any relationship, whether it's uh, employee, employer, business partner, um, entrepreneur, uh, or anything, is that it's a two-way street. It's not, they are, they are going in there believing that that university holds all the cards, but it's really, but they have power too, because they want students to sit in that seat. If nobody is admitted, then their seats are empty and they're not making any money. So they have power and whether even they want to go to that school or not. Well, they, and I'm in, and I tell them, you need to have the attitude. Look, I'm skilled. I've got the raw goods. Are you wise enough to see them and accept me? Or should I just go somewhere else where somebody has got a little more common sense and is going to accept Mm -hmm. that's the attitude. Yeah. That they yeah. Got yeah. You know? That's so, so true. Stay tuned for more of Women Road Warriors coming up. Trucking Moves America Forward, or TMAF, is building a positive image of trucking by telling the story of the hardworking drivers and industry professionals who support the industry. And you can be a part of it. Learn more about TMAF and how you can join and be a part of the industry movement working to build a strong image of trucking by visiting TMAF's website at truckingmovesamerica.com. 
You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and our latest channel, TikTok. Welcome back to Women Road Warriors with Shelley Johnson and Kathy Takaro. Has it gotten more complicated with universities and colleges with the essays and the admission interviews and all of that? Um, certainly, uh, years well, ago, you had the ACT and the SAT and all of these entrance exams. Well, there are a bunch of hooey, if you just ask me. But uh, yeah, I kind of agree with you there. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's all uh, it's all BS, if I may say so. But but frankly. Uh, the good news is uh, the silver lining of COVID is that many universities no longer require the SAT or the ACTs. They're optional. So Ooh. that's that's a good thing. Oh, good. Because um, I remember just hating both of those exams. <laughs> well, and the reason why you hated them is because they're bogus. First of all, uh, first of all, they're really an offshoot of Alfred Binet's, uh, you know, who, you uh, was uh, because prior to the SATs, they they gave standardized IQ. And the whole idea was that that if someone scored very high in the IQ realm, then they'd probably be successful. But now, uh, as we now we're in the movement now where people are recognizing, you know, that emotional intelligence is equally as important as intellectual intelligence. In other Mm, words, because... I've, I've, I've known a lot of students who've fallen apart and have gotten in serious trouble with the law or dropped out. And they, they intellectually, they, you know, they, they would score off the chart, but they could still lack as confidence as anyone else. Uh, some, many of them are latchkey kids because the parents are high powered people. They want, they both are working and the kids left at home and you know and without the guidance they can get themselves into some serious trouble and i've seen that i i've worked with some students that you know material i mean i mean i I went to this one house where i worked with a student you know and i i think uh you know the tv show highway to heaven could have used their house because it was like walking to heaven it was like this big long driveway it like took me like 15 minutes to walk to their front door it was that big You know, just from my own personal experience with meeting thousands of people, and um, I mean, there's every case is different, and every person is is got their own story and stuff. But there's always that one that kind of stands out that touches your heart more than than others. And I know I've had a, a few that just I, I can't forget, and they've so impacted my life. Um, mm-hmm. I, I guess it's a two-way street. I've impacted their life and they've impacted mine. And Absolutely. Is there one that. that you could share with us who has made that impact uh, in your life or vice versa? That, that, is, a, that is a great question. Uh, that is a great question. And um, I would say, uh, I would say, uh, one, uh, one person who actually impacted my life was one of the students I actually worked with. Um, uh, how shall I say it? Well, when I started to work with a student, um, uh, he was 12 years old at the time, and the parents hired me because he was failing in school and he was very depressed. But um, after I started working with him for about a year, he, he did exceptionally well in all of his classes. Um, but the but but that isn't the main thing. What I mean, as far as touching, is that he's shown exceptional gratitude for the support that I gave him. In fact, 
the student wrote the forward for my book. Um, oh, wow. Very and, cool. Yeah. And, um, and has always been very you know, uh, grateful and appreciative towards uh, what I've done. And that, that, uh, that was very inspiring for me and encouraging for what I've been doing for the work I've done, because some, you know, I mean, I, um, I offer the same dedication and support for everyone I work with, regardless of how they show up. But when there are those who, who genuinely show um, appreciation, gratitude, and, you know, that's, uh, that's very uh, touching for me. You work with so many different people. You uh, tutor, mentor, and advocate for peacekeepers, and you have services that advocate and provide college planning, scholarship support for foster youth, victims of crime, the incarcerated. So people who would never dream of going to college, you enable them to do that so that they can change the course of their life. It's terrific. Yeah, some people have. Yeah, I did uh, for about six months. I, I tutored a, a student in, in uh, juvenile hall. Yeah, he was um, he was only fourteen years old and was sentenced to life in prison. Wow. And wow. and I and I worked with him. Yeah, I I'm not sure why he got that kind of a sentence because my understanding was he um, he re- uh, how shall I say this? He retired. He retired his. Um, abuser, you know, uh, and, uh, but he, he received, but, you know, they, the, but, but I think it was at a time when the, when they, when, uh, juveniles are being tried as adults and they just threw the book at them. It was, uh, I, I don't think it was just that that's the situation. So I, I worked with them and it was kind of interesting. It was like, um, cause you know, when you, you can't bring any of your things with you, you have to put them in a locker. And I had to go through the several vaults. And I was, I couldn't even give, use a pencil because they, they could make weapons out of the pencils. So they'd give me this little rubber, rubbery thing that was, that had, you know, a little lead in it, but I, I could barely hold it in my fingers. It was, it was flabby like jello. And mm. we'd write with that, you know, so. Wow. <laughs> That's quite the story. Jeez. You, you, you never cease to amaze me, Brian. I absolutely, I just love you to bits. <laughs> I do. <laughs> you know, some of uh, the personal stories that you've shared with me over the years and, um, and just, it's, it's the way you go about things that I, I don't think I've ever met anybody else like you that, that does that and who consistently does it and continues mm. to inspire every single person you see the good in every single situation you have a way of analyzing um things that most people don't even see right and you, you like you, mm-hmm. you see the diamonds everywhere and i love well, that well th- thank you kathy you know you reminded me of a story i wanted to share with you kind of uh, you know that i thought was important to share along what i did um i was um you know, I, well, you know, my background stuff. So I was, I was, uh, I, I had a, um, a therapist I was seeing, he was a forensic psychologist and, um, I was tutoring, I started tutoring and you know what, I, I told them that I wanted them to give me their hardest client. I said, because I would, and the reason why is because if I made progress, I would, you know, it would, it would be, it would be meaningful. And so, uh, there was this, they, so that there was this, this, I was partnered with a tutoring company and this one young lady, she would lock herself in her closet and, and in her bedroom and wouldn't come out. 
So I said, I want to work with that person. Wow. <laughs> <You know>? Wow. <laughs> and so I met her. And the first time we came in there and I, I, and you know, I didn't say anything. She, she went in her and locked herself in the room. And then, and then, and then the, the following time I met her and I said, um, I wonder if you could do me a favor. I understand that you're, you're feeling uncomfortable and you need to leave. And, and I understand that I I've actually felt that way. And I've been in situations like that, but I wondered if we could, if we could do, uh, if we could do something a little different that, that for five solid minutes that, that I could just have your attention and then you could run into the bedroom and lock the door. Can we do that? Can we just try that? And, and she says, okay, all right, we'll do that. So we, we did that. And, you know, I, 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 I use this principle, you know, they call like the, the burning frog effect. I mean, if you put a frog in the water, you generally increase the water. They don't realize the water is boiling. So I kind of use that same principle in working with her. I said, well, you know, you obviously you were able to handle five. Can you handle six minutes today? And every, every day or every other time we met, I'd add a minute. And before I knew it, she was able to sustain over a half hour of attention with me. And, and, um, and, and we were able to get through the course. Um, and there was another one where the parent was a hoarder, a hoarder and, you know, the stuff was, and the student didn't talk for a whole month, didn't say one word. And we would sit across and then, uh, and I, and I, and the teachers, I, I had permission to write to the teachers to get help. And the student didn't even, uh, they, they were saying how frustrated they were because she wasn't talking. And I just pretended like she was answering, I'd say, uh, and, and just to, and not even think about it. And then the student opened up and, and actually um, she, she, she loved these series of books called the warriors, which about um, a fictional tale of cats that were fighting, you know, and, and they had territorial disputes and they had a ringleader who was the head cat, you know, that would run it. And so um, I asked if I could borrow her books so I could learn more about her, which she loved what was important to her so I could speak her language. And, and, and so I would talk about that. And then she started to open up and she was going to get kicked out of the school that she was in. And after a couple of months of working with me, she got on the Dean's list. who was on the highest honors wow. for um, her performance. Wow. That is awesome. Wow. That's powerful. That's, yeah. That that's amazing. You see what I was talking about, Brian? You rock. Yes. <laughs> You're my hero. Yes, he does. Absolutely. <laughs> I, I think the clincher though was actually um last uh, I was working with a student and the student wanted to write about the death penalty. The student, I mean, this was a student that wouldn't even give me 20 minutes of his time. Like, are, are we done? Are we done? And and you know, but but we set a record like we worked three hours straight one time. Um but I think the, the clincher was he wanted to write a paper about the death penalty. And then his mother was frustrated. Well, where are you going to find an expert on the death penalty who's going to, you know, because, I mean, if he was writing a research paper on how to grow African violets or something like that, well, that would be a clincher. But, you know, so I just said, well, you know what, because I, uh, I have very strong intentionality. If I want something, I'm going to get it. So. I just randomly called attorneys in the phone, uh, uh, you know, Googled all the attorney death penalty attorneys. And I just called them and then, and then the, the law clerk would answer. And I'd say, I have a problem. And I wondered if you can help me. I'm mentoring uh, a young person. I know you're busy. 
I know you're very, I know, I know that you charge, I know that it's not uncommon for attorneys to charge $400 an hour for their services. And I'm going to ask you something very outrageous, but I need your help. Uh, I'm working with a young man and I know that if you, if you, if, if the attorney volunteers your time, it will change his life forever. Can you help me out with that? And I just called uh, dozens of them and one of them actually called back. And this attorney just happened to be the top death penalty attorney in California, was voted attorney of the year, handled hundreds of high, high profile criminal cases and even was dealing with some controversial murder cases that she was preparing for that week and volunteered and actually went on a Zoom call with my student. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. That's amazing. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And um, you have countless of those and, stories, do yes. you not? Yeah. Yes, you do. Yeah. And, and that's an inspiration to the people you're helping so that they have yeah. to be inspired to go in the right direction because you've yeah. proven that you've helped so many people and you will go to all lengths to help them, which is terrific. Yes, I will. I will. I will do. I will do anything because I'm not, I'm, I'm not, um, I, I, I won't stop at anything. I don't worry about getting embarrassed or bothered about anything. I'll run up to somebody in the middle of the street and stop them and get them to do it. If that, and, and I won't have any problem with that whatsoever. But the point of my doing that was not only to help the student get that research paper done, but mm-hmm. it also will answer, you know, it's to show them. And just as I'm showing you, well, how are you going to afford college? Well, think about it. Well, yeah, what, what would be the likeliness, if you think about it, that you could call an attorney, a high profile attorney at that, at random, that doesn't even know you or have any recall, and then they're going to join you know, and volunteer their time when they could be charging $400 an hour for their service, but they did it. See, it happened. So that's, you just have to think outside the box. It's a, it's, um, it's, it's actually, um, part of my, my, uh, service. I call there's a, I call it pivotal moments because, um, I went to the graduation of one of my students in Anaheim um, it was in May and his sister who's now, you know, in, in Santa Cruz, going to UC Santa Cruz. And the, when I was, and the, the parents, you know, they treated us to this amazing dinner, you know, at the cheesecake factory and the girl who's now 21 years old held up her cell phone and said, um, she showed me the website that I originally, um, that I originally used to teach her how to tell time with an analog clock when she was nine years old. So that, that was a pivotal moment, you know, that, that moment, you know, that, and, and that's inspired her. And, and even though the student has some uh, challenges, but that student is, was accepted just as anyone else at that's one compelling. of the top UC schools in California. That's compelling. Stay tuned for more of Women Road Warriors, coming up. Kathy DeCaro is nothing short of amazing. She not only drives the world's biggest truck as a heavy equipment operator in northern Alberta, Canada, she's an international motivational speaker and the author of Dream Big. 
an autobiography about overcoming a lifetime of trauma and abuse that led to dreams of success. Kathy inspires people the world over to change their lives and improve their self-worth. Her book will change your life. She's passionate about personal growth and believes anyone can change their circumstances and overcome their obstacles if they believe in themselves. Her life will amaze you and seriously inspire you. Be sure to order a copy of her book, Dream Big, on Amazon.com. Industry Movement Trucking Moves America Forward is telling the story of the industry, our safety champions, the women of trucking, independent contractors, the next generation of truckers, and more. Help us promote the best of our industry. Share your story and what you love about trucking. Share images of a moment you're proud of and join us on social media. Learn more at truckingmovesamerica.com. Welcome back to Women Road Warriors with Shelley Johnson and Kathy Takaro. Now, you work with non-traditional students, if you will. You said that the oldest student you worked with so far is, was 52. I know Correct. that a lot of people think about going back to college. And, of course, uh -huh. they'll say, well, gee, it's been years since I've sat in a classroom, yada, yada. Um, uh -huh. Is the barrier to entry maybe a little bit modified for the non-traditional student? Do they give life credits uh, so that maybe they can clap a class and that can help speed their process to getting a degree or certification <laughs> in some sort? And do they have to go through all of these essays and so forth? Um, university? They, 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 you know, uh, uh, yes, that's a yes and no question. Okay. Yes, in the sense that if they want a traditional education that their younger counterparts do, then yes, they will have to write essays, and I've helped them do that, mm -hmm. and they're and they're and they got accepted just as anyone else. And and yes, it's also possible that if they want to get life credits, and if they want to, in other words, it's it's a matter of personal choice how they want to do it, how much time they want to dedicate, what they want to do, what when they want to do it. And this is what I tell them. Now, uh, as you were saying, now a lot of P, uh, older uh, students. Uh, will say, this, this will be harder for me because I'm older, I won't fit in. And, uh, but, but, but what I've learned in life is that just as Shakespeare said in Hamlet, there is no good or bad, but thinking makes itself. And here's the thing, um, for every barrier, there's also an opportunity. There's a flip side. You see, in Western culture, we're taught to see opposites as nemesis towards each other there's evil there's there's black and white meaning good or bad but mm -hmm. I, but but in eastern philosophy they're actually um <laughs> they're actually they actually are compatible they're 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 like uh like partners they actually like both both things can be true yes it is harder yes they especially if they have children they have families it's not easy they will have to they'll They'll, they'll, it'll be, it'll be much more complicated. And, and if they're, if they're committed to a partner, either marriage or someone, then they have to work with that person because um, if they're fortunate, the person that they're connected to supports their educational dreams and will support them. But if that person sees that attention is not going to them, it's going to the school, some relationships get broken up because of that. Cause you know, they, it, it, it's a deal breaker. Yeah. So those are problems. Those are real problems. But on the other hand, what I told one student that 
um, went through school and did well is that being older has tremendous advantages that the younger start. First of all, you've lived and had, ex- mm-hmm. I told them, experience that they don't have. A lot mm-hmm. of things that you take as common sense, they're just learning for the first time. Sure. Like some of the younger students, they've never had an apartment on their own. They've never balanced a checkbook. They've never even washed their own clothes. And uh, But an older student you know, may have had children, may have wa- obviously washed clothes, cooked, uh, had jobs, understands the business world. And, and the other fringe benefit that I told them, the secret is that the teachers will probably relate to them differently than they will. In other words, they'll see, they'll see the younger ones like, like their children and we're the adults, but they'll see you more, I told it, as equals because you're really the same one and they'll probably give you some insider information or because they won't be able to help themselves because you look too much like them or resemble them. So there's actually a, a lot of advantages to being older and and because and it's it's an easier sell to teach them about their mission and vision because they're already halfway there already. They're thinking, hey, look, uh, the clock is ticking. You know, I better start getting my acting gear because if I want to go to college or if I want to pursue that dream that I've always wanted now, now is the time to do it because mm-hmm. half my life is already chronologically. I wouldn't say we don't know how long we have, but but if you're looking purely in numbers, you know, if they were, you know, they're no longer in their 20s, they're the 40s or their 50s or their 60s. And lots and lots and lots of people in their 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, even 70s or 80s have gone back to school, have gotten their degree. And you know what I tell the ones that are starting and think uh, about once you get that degree, you have it. It won't matter when you got it. No one's going to say, did you get this degree when you were 20 or did you get it when you were when you were 50? Right. It won't matter. Yes. You know, my, my good friend Patty went back to school at 52 and to become a social worker and she's got her master's now. She's 50. And okay. it's it, it, it is. It's massive because, I mean, she came off the street. She was almost killed. She had all this really rough life. And this was mm-hmm. such an accomplishment for her because yeah. it didn't matter how old she was. She The fact that she did it, you know, yeah. coming from the lifestyle that she had and like just it just everything all involved. And um, yeah, I'm like, you go, Patty, go. <laughs> well, you know what, I tell, what I tell them, you've got to be like a coffee maker. You're filtering out the you you filter out the particles or you know the naysayers the the yeah. beliefs they, they stay in the top filter and all the good stuff goes to the bottom that you're gonna savor and that's the education you know I you like got to think about it that way you I know? like that <laughs> yeah, yeah it's uh, you know. It's it really is a mindset. Um, mm-hmm. That's the bottom line, because it doesn't matter how old you are. It's just a number. Um, you look at people who who are in their 70s or even 80s and mm-hmm. um, like a, there'll be some mindsets will be, oh, you know, I'm tired, I'm old, I'm aging, and I can't do this. I'll just, uh-huh. you know, and, and they almost, they're almost uh, bowed over, hunched over, yeah. and they lose energy. Oh, I'm, I'm sore. I'm eight. And that, and that's fine. Right. But then you have, again, like a very good friend of mine, who's 82, who's still downhill yeah. skis. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you know what I would tell someone you know, yoga and limber and, and exercises and moves and right. It, it's a mindset. 
Well, you know, if they really, if they, and, and you know what, if they, if they're really that down, then I'd say, well, you need to go to college, maybe specialize in aging, take death and dying class. You know, I, you know, <laughs> they have, you, you could actually get a major in that. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> yeah. I actually did that. I, I took a, um, I, I, I actually took, um, I, I had a teacher at a community college. I went there. I t- he taught love and intimacy and death and dying. Wow. <laughs> Wow. And um, yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, he uh, he was inspired to teach death and dying after he almost died from alcoholism, you know, and and uh, but he he was very well versed. And I think he even got a claim for his, you know, uh, for his book on death and dying and and, um, you know, that he that he wrote, um, you know, he you know, uh, and uh, and so you could actually so. So what I would tell them, if they're not going to live, you know, take the skiing or activities, if they even want to go down, go down the dark zone, at least be educated about it. Take courses about it so you can so you can wallow gracefully. (laughs) Good point. (laughs) Brian, you empower so many people. Where do people reach out to you? Do you work with them virtually? I work with them virtually. Um, I'm real, yet I work virtually. (laughs) You're very um, real. That's refreshing. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, uh, I I have to say my uh, my website is under construction. So, you know, it's sort of like Caltrans. You know, the or the highways. You know, they're taking forever to get the thing built. Well, that's kind of yeah. how my uh, website. I do have a developer who's uh, helping me with my branding. Um, let's see. Uh, I have a phone number. I have an email address. I'm on LinkedIn. Um, I'm on Facebook. Uh, and, um, uh, you know, people can reach out to me there until the website is developed. Oh, uh, yeah. And I have, um, they can, you know, like the one page sheet I sent, you know, where they, they could watch my, they can see my book launch, uh, my book launch, and mm-hmm. they can see some of the other presentations i that I've that I've delivered and um, and they can reach out to me directly as well. I've I've partnered with a few um, agencies or college planning services. Uh, um, in in uh, when was this? Was it June? I believe it was. No, it was May. It was May. I I went with them to a car dealership and the um, the car dealer actually um, offered all his employees complete free college planning services that would be worth in the thousands. And my, um, my, uh, my services were part of the package deal. So, um, so that, so for, for some of those clients that, that was how that happened. So, yeah, I mean, um, so do people, uh, people find can. you on LinkedIn? Just type in Brian South, or do they just uh, go on Google? Brian Keith Google? South. Yeah, I'm actually named after the movie actor Brian Keith, and and uh, and you know that's uh, so they could put in Brian Keith South, and they they will they'll be able to get me there. Um, I I have a phone number. People can call me uh, that way, and I'm happy to live, give you that. Oh, that would be great, certainly. And that number would be nine one six. Six one three three six five eight, and I think what's unique about the services I do, I almost I'm almost like a paramedic of of education because I you know I I'm very flexible as when people can call me and get help because I just kind of make myself available and uh, yeah and and on Amazon my book is on Amazon. 
Okay. And in the title of the book again? It is uh, Demystifying College Admission, Learn Key Strategies, and Develop the Right Mindset to Get Into the College of Your Choice. Excellent. This has been a pleasure. Oh, it really has. I'm five. So happy you finally made it to our show. Woohoo! Yes. <laughs> actually, honestly, Brian, you really helped me today. I've been struggling for the last little while with, I hit a wall with um, the whole, you know, turning my book into a movie thing and just, just you reset my own uh, switch in my brain. So thank you very much. If you're feeling that nothing that you're doing is working out, it means the opposite that everything is working out is in reach. It's just that, you know, it's just like when you drive to LA, right? You go through the grapevine, you're going to, yeah. you know, you're, you're going to go up, 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 you're going to go down, you know, uh, you're, you're yeah. going to go down, but you're going to go up because it's, it's all, it's like a mountain. And so, mm-hmm. that just, so, so all you have to do is just flip it over and just say, I, uh, I, the reason why I'm struggling is because I'm so ambitious and I have such great goals and they're so worthy because if you didn't have it, if you were flatlining, then then there wouldn't be any worry at all. The fact that there's concern, the fact that there's sort of frustration means that that golden opportunity is actually just beyond the horizon. I love that. Brian. I love that too. Thank you. Thank you for being a wonderful guest, Brian. I agree. Thank you, Brian. You've been listening to Women Road Warriors with Shelley Johnson and Kathy Takaro. If you want to be a guest on the show or have a topic or feedback, email us at info at tncradio.live. Thank you for listening to another great interview on tncradio.live. And don't forget, be sure to subscribe to our podcast of Women Road Warriors. It's free. All of the material you hear on tncradio.live on our website, our broadcasts, or our podcasts are copyrighted. There can be no distribution without the express consent of tncradio.live and its partners. For inquiries, write us at info at tncradio.live.